0: You are now listening to Awaken You with Shelly Bond. Welcome to my show where we explore ourselves. We talk about growth, healing, breath, life, yoga, failures and successes, intuition, inspiration, fears, manifestation, books, writing, motivation, food, parenting, inner child work, mindfulness. What are your thoughts? My love for healing with energy work. Learning how to love myself, forgive myself, and know my own self-worth. I have a deep well inside to hold space and connect with women. And I have learned that awakening is for us all. Especially for those of us who think that it's not. Waking up to our life's flaws and all is possible. Because my friends, life is a practice. It's not a perfect. Hello my beautiful friends and welcome to a brand new episode of Awaken You with Shelley Bond and that is who I am. I've been learning over my entire life, but mostly during my the last 8 years where I've been on this like journey of personal growth and honestly like this journey of really understanding who I am and why I'm here. And learning, like, how to be myself and not, like, put up this freaking mask. For me, it started really young with, like, the makeup mask. And when I was 12, my daughter's age, I remember that I had to sneak to school and put on mascara. I, like, bought, what was it, like, Wet and Wild, like, the hot pink mascara. And because I have, like, white eyelashes, I always thought that I had to wear makeup. I needed to have dark eyelashes, so I could look pretty and look like the pretty girls, right? And it started there. And then I think like many of us, just over the years, I would try to fit in with whatever or wherever I felt (laughs) that people would accept me. And it's so funny. I think of like elementary school and then I think mostly the big transition into middle school where there's all the clicks and then it becomes really clicky and it's like you're deemed as like a nerd or a jockey or a weirdo or a skater or a goth or a punk or a I'm trying to think of gangster I'm trying to think of all of them the categories and I remember I never felt like I fit in any of those places I remember I tried once to hang out with these kind of like gangstery girls and we would wear the boxer shorts and like sag our pants down low and try to wear midriffs, which wouldn't fly in my house, but I would do that and then fluff out the bangs and wear the really dark eyeliner that I had to, again, sneak to school because I wasn't allowed to wear makeup. I never fit in there. <laughs> and then I moved so many times as a kid that it really was hard to find like a space where I felt like I belonged. Moving 49 times, I counted. My sisters, actually, they counted more. So it was just like every time I would meet someone and feel like, oh, my gosh, I have a friend, it would just be like, okay, we're moving again. So I wouldn't get very attached. And then growing, it's like growing older and older and then becoming like graduating from high school. Once again, I try to fit in with stoners and drink lots and like partiers and it was like a partier heavy makeup wear and my makeup just got thicker and thicker and my clothes got tighter and tighter. <laughs> I think sometimes, I know for me, it was like my insecurities would shine and then I would put on more makeup, do my hair more, wear more hairspray. I would get new clothes trying to redefine myself, but it was hard because I never really, like. I remember even going shopping. It's like, what style do I want to wear? What Who do I want to be? I'm like, mm, maybe I can be this way like or this way. And then the older I got, like I got married when I was 20. And I've had such a really supporting husband. And we've had so much shit. We've had a lot of shit. And I'm so grateful for him because he is always so open. Like I have changed so much. And he's changed a lot. But his appearance really hasn't <laughs> changed that much. And I'm just really grateful for him because, and then I did hair When I was 21, I got my hair license and then I was the ultimate makeup master is what my sisters used to call me in so much makeup. I mean, I was, it was, I was beautiful and I loved it. And I wore long spiky nails and huge earrings and huge hair. And I would change my hair color and do all sorts of fun things. And I realized though, that I was never confident with who I was. And, And this is funny I went a whole, almost, it was probably like six months, seven months with my husband and before I let him see me without makeup. And I remember I was so like nervous for him to see me without makeup. (laughs) It like makes me laugh. And it also makes me so sad that at such a young age, I had this like false perception that I had to wear makeup or mascara to be beautiful and right? The older I get, I'm like, our beauty, it really, it comes from inner hearts. And I always was such a beautiful child. And I always had such a kind heart, but I was always so lost and so seeking acceptance and love from my parents, from my sisters. And really, I was like pawning it off on like trying to find it in friends, but I never really felt felt it or found it in friends because I wasn't really in a friendship long enough to have that. And then if I would find that, it would just be like taken away from me. And this like, it like brings me back to these moments of just like every time I would make a really good friend, I would always hate to break the news that we were moving. And so I would almost keep it a secret because I didn't want it to ruin things. And then it would ruin things. And And then I would lose a friend, like a really close friend. And we always would come back to Fort Collins, Colorado. So we would move to different cities or towns or Oklahoma, Colorado Springs, gypsum. But we would always come back. So inevitably, I would come back and my old best friend, who now didn't like me because I wasn't honest with them because I was afraid. And then they would have a new best friend. And I was like, oh, stuck back at square one. And it's interesting looking back. It's like I had to do, I had spent so much time with myself and I've, I think I've always been this introverted person and I've always enjoyed time with myself. And I think in the moments back then I was lonely and sad, but I know it was so good for me to like have that solitude and that contemplation and really allowing myself to like be with all of the shit when I was younger. And as an adult now and I've been on this journey of like really embracing my authentic self and being myself and fucking showing up for it all even when it's hard and it is interesting because I think a lot of people get caught up in the social media game and we look at these like awesome beautiful Instagram feeds even like yoga feeds or mom feeds and they have all these beautiful pictures and they're like perfectly aligned and perfectly photoshopped and the stories are always positive and always happy and always bright and that is not real that is not authentic like that is putting on that freaking makeup mask or that mask to only show the good and the thing is is yes life can be good and amazing and positive and uplifted and like yes we strive for that like we strive for these moments And we all have this false sense of perfectionism that we think that we need to look this certain way to be accepted. And what I have found is when I am raw and vulnerable, when I am sharing on this heart level, like when I'm sharing the shit that I'm experiencing, that is the most connected these moments when I open up my heart and I feel scared and my palms get sweaty and I'm like, I don't know what to say. I think the best thing to say is what is on your freaking heart and to not sugarcoat it because it's not always perfect. Like this morning was a, it started out good. I was at my sister's and I actually woke up at 6.30 and I did some sun salutations because Yesterday was the summer solstice and me and one of my dear soul sisters, we had it planned out and we were going to do, we did 108 sun salutations. And sun salutations, if you're not familiar with yoga, but they're just like a sequence in yoga and it varies from practice to practice. It even varies from my first yoga teacher training to the teacher training that I'm in now for my 300 hour. But the one that we did was the Tadasana standing, and then inhale your arms up high over your head to namaste mudra, exhale, fold forward, melt your heart down, reverse swan dive down, uttanasana, forward fold, let your arms lay heavy and then inhale and then step back the left foot for a runner's lunge, step back your other foot, your right foot back to a plank position, hollow the front body, hollow the back body, sink your sit bones back down towards your heels, arms extend long for an extended child's pose. Inhale to the belly, hands below the shoulders. Exhale as you rise for a Bhujangasana cobra, gentle back bend, And then exhale, press your hands high, press your hands into the earth, sit bones sink, not sink, they float high to the sky, downward facing dog. And then you step that same sided right foot forward for a runner's lunge. And then left foot meets you at the top of the mat for Uttanasana forward fold. And then reverse swan dive up to that mountain position. And we did this 108 times. It was so interesting doing the sun salutations 108 times. I think we met at like 630 and we started at 635-ish. And holy kick you in the pants. Like we started out slow with like breath. And then my girlfriend was like, when I usually do this, I just go. And you don't cue the breath. You just cue the body and you move into posture to posture to posture and oh my gosh my heart was racing my eye was so sweaty and we paused at 50 and we high-fived each other and she was like I just I think of this as like an offering because it was summer solstice which was the longest day of the year right like what like 15 hours of sunlight on in America it's June 21st and she thinks of it as like you know, like we're paying our, our debts or our dues, we're surrendering, we are being with what is and 108 times like it just works your body. And so this morning, I did my own and I probably made it to about 85. Like it makes your heart pump your blood go crazy. I felt like I was in one of those like core power, like really fast up paced yoga classes. And I I do some quick yoga, but I really like to enjoy and savor my practice. And I love myself like a four minute child's pose. I do love that. And I love to slow it down, but I do love to go quick. And we did that. And then we, my kids and I were heading back up to Estes for my sisters because we had some eye appointments yesterday. And my daughter who's 12 got contacts. She's wore glasses since she was five and she really wanted contacts. And it's so weird. And Anyways, it's just like, Oh my gosh, my baby is old enough to wear contacts. And she's so beautiful. And she was beautiful before with her glasses. But I'm used to just seeing her eyes like more magnetized and big. And I'm like, Oh, but she was throwing a fit because she wanted to stay down. My son was throwing a fit. And then my other son woke up at 530 with his cousin to go to swimming team. And he sat on the sidelines. And we were running late because we had mountain biking club all the way up in Estes, an hour up the canyon. And we left the freaking bike at home. We had to run all the way home. Mountain biking started at nine. And I just start getting so much anxiety as we arrive into town at nine o'clock and still have like a six, seven minute drive all the way to our house to get closed-toed shoes, helmets, bikes, waters. And uh, these are the moments where I struggle with like anxiety and freaking out and losing my shit with my kids. And I need to just be like, ah, and I know that being late is a trigger for me. Like when I was a kid, we were always late. And so I hate being late. And my first like real career as a hairstylist, we were trained that if you were not like 10 to 15 minutes early that you were late. And so that's like kind of been ingrained, which I don't think is a bad thing. But in moments like this, it gives me, I give myself so much anxiety and then I have to just be like, it's fine. Inhale, Shelly, exhale. And I've learned a lot like along this journey of myself and I've learned things like breathing. I've learned that When I'm feeling anxious, when I'm feeling like that fire in my throat, when I'm feeling like freaking out, that I need to breathe, I need to slow down, I need to be the one that affirms to myself that it's okay. Like it's okay to be human, it's okay to be late sometimes. And I think what happens is my inner voice chimes in it's like, oh, you're such a bad mom because your kids are so late to mountain biking, and that means that you don't care about them, you don't love them. And it's like the inner voice just starts dumping all of this bullshit. And it's up to me, right, whether I hold on to it or I'm like, no, I'm not a bad mom. Like, I'm just a person and I'm allowing myself permission. And there was just like, it was so challenging, too, because on the way up the canyon an hour up, my boys are just like, they've been in this phase of just like crap talking. That's their favorite thing to do. It's their cousins do it. Their older cousins who are, what are they now? They're like 11 to 14. And they just are Feisty and they just like to talk crap. And so, my boys, of course, innately do that because that's what their cousins do. And then they just start saying how much they hate mountain biking and they don't want to go and they're not going to go. And just so many things that I was like, just sitting driving, like, no, I'm fine. I do not have to be affected by what they say. And you know what? I signed you up for mountain biking club. You're going to mountain biking club. And I struggle with my middle son because. He is like a natural athlete, like just in his bones, in his body. It's just one of his natural gifts and talents. And if I did not push him to do things, he wouldn't. Like he is the best on his mountain biking team. And there's even a 14 year old kid. He's only 10, but he's the size of the 14 year old. And he just is naturally confident. He's Naturally, he thinks about things like before he does them and he knows why he's doing them and then he does them and he's great and confident. He got asked to be the captain of Jack's little, I don't even know the age group. I think it's probably like seven-year-olds to maybe nine-year-olds and he got asked to be the, not did I say captain, He to be like a co-coach with them, which is so cool and like what an honor that they, his coach knows that he does such a great job that he can help with the littles and Milo was just being awful. It was so hard, and I was, like, being so calm, and then I had a freak out, and then I called my husband to be like, hey, babe, can you talk to Milo about his bad attitude? And then my husband gets on the phone, and he, his natural response is he always does this, like, like, um, I'm, I'm going to take this away. We're not going to do this. We're going to. So he's like, fine, then I'm going to take your fancy mountain bike away. I'm going to sell it on Craigslist. And then Milo starts crying and bawling. And then the energy was yucky. And then my daughter was getting all upset that she couldn't get her contacts in in the morning. And that was another thing is this morning she woke up and we had like seven minutes to go to try to be on time. And it took her like 17 minutes. And then, right, we were late because she couldn't get the contacts in. And it's hard. Have you ever wore contacts, like poking your finger at your eye? And she was, like, staring straight at the contact, putting it straight in her eye. And I couldn't help her. But, of course, she let her auntie help her, which was great. And I'm so freaking grateful for my sister. And Junie and her have such, like, a heart connection. She has such a heart connection with two of her aunties. Ah, it was just one of those mornings of shit piled on top of shit. And it was just like so much. And then I like lost it in the car when we're driving home. And it's like 9.06. And I know we still have to load up the bikes, get the water, get the shoes, change the clothes, get a snack, like at least 10 to 15 minutes worth of things. And I just had a meltdown. Like, I don't want to be a mom today. I don't want to be a mom today. <laughs> and then Milo was like, "Jeez, mom. And then he'll do this thing. Like, well, you were the one that chose to have us kids. I'm like, you know, what? like, I don't really mean that, but I do in this moment because it's hard. It's hard to be a mom. And I'm sharing this because I think so many moms, they only share the good things and highlight the good things that are happening in their lives. And it's okay because being a mom isn't doing all of the shit and doing all of the hard things and all of the whining and all of the boogery noses and wiping boogers on the freaking walls. Jack is eight and still wipes boogers on the walls and the fits and the tantrums and the now the like pre-teenage mean, sassy attitude, like, I always remember I had girlfriends who had teenagers and I remember their daughters being like little snatches to them. And I thought, I will never let my children talk to me like that. I will never. And oh my God, Milo and Junie talk to me like that. And no matter what I do, like I'm trying to like instill this respect and this trust and this like friendship, but also like I'm your parent and I'm here like with the best interest and heart for you. And they still like, I can't even it's like, how do you stop this? And I think it's just maybe a natural cycle of life and probably my karma coming back to me. (laughs) It like makes me laugh and then makes me fucking cringe. And then finally I get my boys 17 minutes late, which is not so bad, but yeah, we're 17 minutes late for a 45 minute mountain biking club for Jack. And we get there and Like the main coach was just like so cool and calm and he was like, hey, Jack, come and join us. And then it was like, (sighs) exhale, I left Junie at home to like get her snacks, get her shit together, like do what she needed to do. And it just was like one of those moments that reminded me of like, right, nothing lasts forever. It's like even those moments where being a mom is so freaking overwhelming, where each kid it's like so much energy like so exhausting so draining and then I was just like by myself I was like sitting there like exhaling and then it's funny because like as a mom I feel like I long for alone time I long for just like being and then when I get it I don't know what to do with myself so then I'm almost like worrying about my kids then Is that like the blessing and the curse of a mom? I think it happens to us all. I know my sisters experienced the same thing. I know my oldest sister or older sister, Jenny, her sons went to a camp uh, in Nebraska for wrestling with my dad and her oldest son calls her and he's just feeling like shit. He has like a cold, but he's at this wrestling camp. He's like six hours, four or five hours away. And he's feeling like crap, but he can do it and he can't. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so worried about him. And uh, I think that just being a mom, we have to just give ourselves compassion for it all. And like, have you ever had those days where it's almost like there's so much on your plate or so much in your mind That like the anxiety and the thoughts almost like paralyze you and stop you from doing anything. That you just go around like wandering around your house. Like I'm so overwhelmed right now that I don't even know what it is I can tangibly do. Have you ever had those days? I have those a lot. And yesterday my sister was telling me that she was struggling with it all day. And she's like, I have so many things that I keep thinking that I need to do. And I haven't accomplished one thing today. And then I had to remind her, like, you're alive. Your kids are alive. Like, have you eaten today? Yeah. Have you drank in water? Yeah. She went for a big walk. Like, you have accomplished things. Like, sometimes it is the non-doing that gets things done. And sometimes we do just have to hold space for all of that overwhelm and just be with it. And I know for me that when I do, I get like that too. And then it's like three days and I know I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to do my yoga teacher training. I need a podcast. I need a, oh, the kids have fishing club. Like now we have all of these summer activities. (laughs) Like, I think that I'm like, we're all plagued with like the, I'll do it when, it's like when summer comes, I'll have all of this extra time. Or when school comes and the kids are back in school, well, my kids, their school's at home. It's with me. It's homeschool. And it's, I I don't even know if summer is easier because I told myself, I tell myself that every year, oh, it's going to be so much easier. It's not because then now my kids are like, Constantly expecting me to like entertain them and take them places, and I'm really working with like, yeah, we're gonna go to mountain biking club for a couple hours, two days a week, and then they have fishing club, and then we're gonna just stay home, and it's okay to just stay home and play around your house and outside. We have an amazing backyard. We live in nature. Like, be it can be a freaking great challenge, (laughs) like. What about being bored? I was watching a few years ago, this Eckhart Tolle video. If you don't know who Eckhart Tolle is, he is a really amazing spiritual mentor and he is, he was like an enlightened man and he had a really challenging life and he didn't really feel like he had much purpose or kids or a wife or anything. And he, I think he said he like hit his head. He was like in deep dark depression and even contemplating suicide I can't think of if he hit his head or if he just like passed out. And when he woke up, it was like everything was crystal clear, and he was completely present. Like he could see the edges on the cabinets, and and then he proceeded to like let all of his material possessions go. And then he went and lived on a park bench for like I think it was something crazy, like two years, and said he was the most happy and blissful. Living on a park bench, watching the water, watching people, watching dogs, and just being present. (sighs) I'm like, I don't even know where I was going with that whole Eckhart Tolle thing. That I know too, like Eckhart shares that to heal from our past, that we have to like cope with it. We have to move through it to be in the present moment. Like, we have to heal from our past wounds to be in this present moment. And being a mom, I know like there's so many triggers. I can just tell like if you are a mom or a parent or around kids that there's these ages and these like milestones that our kids hit and it almost just like triggers that space or that pain within us when we were kids and it has to be like this energetic karmic link and it happens Like whether people believe that or not, like I have experienced it. I've seen it through my sisters. I've seen it through friends. And it's just like we have to hold space for that. And being a parent like is a huge journey. It's like a, it is the ultimate tester. And even if people are not parents, like I know that life is just the ultimate tester. We have, my husband and I have friends who got married three weeks before us, 18 years ago, and they chose not to have kids. And we didn't see them for something crazy like 12 years, like ever since we had kids, 13 years. And then we've recently like rekindled our friendship and they've been coming up to Estes in their camper and hanging out. And uh, my girlfriend was saying like, I don't know how you do it. Like being a mom, it seems so hard. Like I'm exhausted when I hang out with your kids for like one hour. And I was just kind of laughing at her like, yeah, it's exhausting and it's hard. And it's just, it's what you do. Like signing up as a parent is something like you don't really, you're never prepared. You're not prepared for any of the things. And even like when you think that you have like it under control or under your wraps. It's like, oh, I know what to do. No, our children are like ever changing and testing us and pushing our buttons. And we just have to allow ourselves permission to show up and to be freaking human because we are humans. Like we are these spirits on this path, like living this human experience. And I know sometimes like it can be hard and frustrating. And I know that there's like so many days where I get so overwhelmed and I just want to go to bed. Like, have you had those days? Like last, I'm trying to think of, it was last Thursday when my sons had fishing club. I dropped them off and I had my daughter Junie and then my eight-year-old niece Maeve for sleepover. And we were like, we went home and we were just like having some water and we were getting ready to go to the local farmer's market. We were super excited to get lots of fresh, fresh veggies. And we were driving and my phone rings through my car because I make it like a point to lose my phone. And I think subconsciously and consciously I lose it. And then I'm like, oh God, where's my phone? And my husband calls me. And I'm trying to think, it's probably like 45 minutes into fishing club. And he's like, you need to answer your phone. And I'm like, okay, well, sorry, what do you need? Well, Milo has a barb stuck in his thumb and he has a barb stuck in his thumb from a fishing lure. It's like one of those three like way fishing lures with the barb and his buddy threw the line back and then went to cast and pulled it and snagged it. And the barb is like sunk and deep into the pad of his thumb on his right finger. Same hand that his sister bent back and they got into a fight and maybe fractured his pinky. It's been hurting him for now over a week, but we have this little splint. He's good. Brothers and sisters are stinkers to each other sometimes. And it was just a shit show. My husband showed up for that and it was like he was trying to remove the barb and Milo wouldn't let him and he was like freaking out but then he was calm and then the coach convinced me to take him to the urgent care because they can numb it and then it freaking takes an hour and 40 freaking minutes and there's all these people and of course, this guy who's like so sick, he's like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, oh, God, this guy has COVID, which I've had COVID twice. It's fine. I'm not like afraid of COVID, but I don't want to sit by somebody who has COVID and is like coughing in my face. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. And Milo was so funny. Like he was like, it hurt him. And it was a huge lure. Like it had like two inches of dangly things with like feathers and it was golden and like weights on it. And he was such a freaking trooper. And we found like there was a physical therapy section on the other side of the urgent care and they had a vending machine. And so we go over there and Milo gets snacks and he has a drink and he's hanging out. And then we go in the back, finally, an hour and 40 minutes. This poor kid had a jig. Is it a jig? Well, a barb stuck in his thumb for two hours we go back there and the nurse was just kind of like she was nice at first and she was like oh I do this all the time my husband's a fisherman and he gets stuff stuck all the time and she was like being nice and positive and then Milo was like well is it gonna hurt and she's like well yeah it's gonna hurt and I was like come on lady like can he have his own experience and then he sees the freaking like lidocaine shot and just starts curling his body. Like I'm sitting beside him in the chair in the urgent care and he curls up and his head just like goes in my chest and he just starts sobbing and he is shaking and he put himself into like this complete like fear state. that I haven't seen him like that in so long because he's like, he puts on such like the strong front and like he is a strong, like brave guy, but he was so scared and he was shaking and crying and doing the thing where he like slobbers down his face and I'm like holding him and they're like, all right, come on, bud. You gotta do that. And I'm like, Milo, it's okay. Like you are safe and you are calm and you are safe. And I don't know if I shared this story on the last episode or not, but maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Here goes again. And he is just shaking. And I'm just like, Milo, you are okay. Calm down. Like You are safe, you are calm, these ladies are gonna help you. And we finally like uncurl his arm so the ladies can can get it. And then she jams, of course, the shot just right next door to where the bar was stuck, and he just (gasps) screaming, shaking for the whatever seconds, and then all of a sudden he goes, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you and then she proceeds to like cut off all the extremity dangly things and then she's like using her pliers like yanking 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 back and forth and my was like thank you it feels so much better and she sends the nurse out to go get like a scalp a clean like scalpel kit and I'm like oh fuck I don't want her to do that oh I just know like that'll be worse and I was so grateful because she was able to yank it around and then she just rips it out and luckily it like Barely bled, like three drops of blood, cleaned it up, put the bandaid and we were like off. And it was like, in <sighs> that day, it was like from all of that energy and that emotional, just like an angst and the and the waiting, I wanted to go home. And it was like 1230 by the time we got home. And I think fishing club was at like, I picked Milo up at like 945 and i wanted to go home and go to bed. Like i just wanted to be like i'm done today and i just want to sleep and then wake up and have a fresh start. That was like another one of those like really hard days of being a mom where it was just like exhausting and i got nothing done like in my mind like i didn't get any yoga teacher training done. I didn't read, I didn't write, I didn't do anything. But I'm like okay, what i did do was that i showed up as a mom. I was there. When my son needed me, and I, I just was, I, I was there, and it was like exhale, exhale. I have this like beautiful friend, and she had this quote on her Instagram. She is going to school to become a midwifery, and her Instagram handle I think is um, Liberty Birth. She's going to be like the most beautiful home home birth midwife, and she had this picture of her holding her child, and it said. We will never look back and say, I spent too much time with my children. But maybe what we will do is feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't spend enough time with my kids. Maybe I wasn't present enough. Maybe I was stressed out all the time. And these are the moments where it's like, okay, Shelly, it's okay for you to show up and be where you are, and do what the day is presenting itself, and I, like, there is a time for work, there's a time for play, there's a time for showing up, there's a time for, like, nothing, and I think that in our minds that we get so wrapped up in that we have to always be going, and doing, and achieving, and, and even as a parent, like, right, we have to always have our kids enrolled in this sport, and that sport, and doing this, and academics, and all the things, and it's, like, really, is that what matters the most? Like, is their childhood composed of how many activities I put them in which I do it to myself like we all do it to ourselves it's like these are like those reflection moments where it's like okay it's okay to just show up and be real and share it and today when I was leaving the park my neighbor actually has three little girls she has I think she's 18 months old and then her oldest is seven and her middle is four or five and her girls are, were just, I could tell she was exhausted, like chasing around an 18 month old and she walks up and she's like, oh, it's been so busy. And they're actually selling their house or they bought a new house and they're vacation rentaling out. And she has three little ones. Her husband is like so busy with work right now. It's like his busy season up here. And I told her all about like, she was saying how crazy her kids were today. And she was just feeling like, I didn't get anything done yesterday was like a play day. We had fun. And today I told my girls today is a mommy work day. Like I am getting work done. I'm working. And I was like, I totally resonate with you, sister. Like I am right here. And then I told her about how I told my kids, like, I don't want to be a mom today. Can I just like take the day off from being a mom? And she said, I I want that too. I second that. Like, can I take off today as a mom? (sighs) Can we just like take that hat off and be like, let's just pause the whole mom thing and then like get our shit done and go. And it's like, no, you don't get a pause the mom thing. Like you just have to keep showing up, keep doing the things every day. And even when it's hard and even when our kids are not happy with us, even when they're I'm bored or all of the things it's like just showing up to be authentic and showing up for this moment and it's I'm like talking all of these things and like rounding back to like how like it's like I almost had to lose myself along this journey and like being a mom too is like a whole new discovery of like who I am and being so giving and so like Putting other people in front of yourselves and I got so lost my first many years of being a mom of just always putting my kids first always putting my husband first always putting my house first and I did not ever leave any time for me and it left me so miserable and then when I found like the practice of yoga and when I started reading self-help books like I didn't realize that we could actually help ourselves like out of our funk and out of the yuckiness. And it was like, slowly I kept like reading and opening up to these books that were like little pieces of like inner reflection. I was like, Oh my gosh, like there's something that I can do to change the way that I'm feeling that when I'm feeling so lost and like making that transformation from right, like being like a, a beauty professional and then being like a mom and then like getting stuck in the middle of that and then exiting out of the beauty industry and like still being a mom and then entering into like the self-help and the healing and the yoga field and Reiki field. And it's like every day I'm like changing and transforming and I'm not the same person today as I was last week or last month. or definitely not last year. If you saw me like 10 years ago, like completely different person and knowing that that's okay that. We don't need to always be the same. Like, in fact, like think of the seasons, like we're in summer now, like the seasons are changing and trees are transforming and growing and plants and flowers and the earth is shifting and it's always changing and it's never trying to change. It just is like, that's just what it does. Like nature is just changing and evolving with the seasons. And I always feel like we can learn so much from the seasons like right now, right? It's sun. It's like more time for action and doing and going. And I know winter was like a time for like hibernating and being still and just hermiting inside. And I find myself even now, like still the hermit I like to be, I have to be like, okay, shall I? we're getting out of the house. That's why I like made my kids meet myself, sign my kids up for things. Like you are going to make yourself get out of the house. It's okay to go. It's okay to be around people. Like I get like some social anxiety that I cope with and I have discovered flower obsidian. Obsidian is like this black crystal and it is a really amazing stone. I wear it in Amala around my neck. I also have like grounding bracelets that I wear that can, I just feel like they protect my energy from other people when I'm feeling like that social anxiety. So thank you, Obsidian. I'm so grateful for all of my magical crystals and their healing properties. And lately too, I've been loving, I created this piece and it has a big agate pendant and it's like this like magical like mermaid blue and then I have a big amethyst guru bead and it's just like a natural cut amethyst which is purple and it's a master healer and then I have rose quartz which is for love healing compassion heart chakra and I have opalite also love compassion like so many amazing things and selenite which is a clearing crystal that I just I've been so magneted to this piece I'm like oh Thank you for these crystals that like help me cope and get through like every day, (laughs) like allowing myself permission to get through these like crazy days, getting through like even like this, like need to change and right. The control freak inside of me, like wants me to change and transform constantly. And even though I am, it's like, it is inevitable control freak. Like I will always change and change and transform and The, the inner critic inside of me likes to tell me like, you need to be doing more. You need to be going harder. You need to be blah, 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 blah. And those are the moments where I have to just pause and be like, I am doing, I am being. These are the times where we can have that self-compassion talk that we can treat ourselves the way that we treat like our soul sisters, our dearest friends, our dearest loved ones, like that we have to give ourselves permission to be human, and to show up, and to allow ourselves to organically change. And something I've learned so much is that the people closest to us resist our change. They resist it hard. Like when we start having new ideas that are not in alignment with the person that they have carved us out or label us as, it can be a struggle. So know that if you are on a journey of personal growth or like healing yourself or whatever it is yoga spiritual spirituality whatever it is like change is inevitable in us and people who resist change and people who do not change like it is hard and i struggle with people like that i struggle hard with people who have an aversion to change because change is inevit- inevitable <laughs> but even though like I find myself like when things do change, I'm like, ah, it's like that resistance sets up and know that it's natural. It's natural for us to resist change in ourself. It's natural for our paradigm. Like our paradigm is like our set thoughts, beliefs of who we are and who the world is. And when we start like countering that, oh, that inner critic is like, Mm-mm, I will fight you. Like your paradigm is going to stay like this. But I have learned that through the practice of affirmations and gratitude and thought, like thought affirmations and working and like spiritual practices, like meditation and breath work, that we can slowly start shifting the beliefs and the paradigm about ourselves and about our lives. And we can change and recreate ourselves at any given moment. That whoever you are right now, that if you're not happy with her or him or they or whoever wherever you are in your path, that you can recreate yourself at any freaking given moment. You don't need anyone's permission. And it starts in the eye of the mind. It starts in the imagination. And I feel like I recreate myself all the time. Like I'm constantly shifting and changing. I like look back at pictures and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that was me. And it's fine that I'm still this heart and this spirit, like this underlying thing and that my biggest vow is that no matter what change or transformation is that I'm always true to my heart, to my feelings and that I'm true to what I believe in. And right that is the path for me. like that is the way. It's just showing up for it and being open because when we close and shut ourselves down and we like we seclude ourselves from the world, like it's hard to change and it's hard to like find people who can, connect with us. And like, we all long for that. I think we all long for like a community or a understanding. Like that's why Facebook and like Instagram are so huge is because people feel like even when they're at home, like even when COVID was happening hard and like we were in quarantine that we still felt in some way, like we were separate, but we still felt like we could connect with someone from like the touch of our phones. And, and knowing that that connectedness, like that starts with you, with your heart, with your mind, with your body. And knowing that, like, if we can learn how to, how to sit with ourselves, how to give ourselves compassion, how to offer love, right? This is an unconditional love. And you can offer yourself love by affirming, like, I love you. I love you saying that, like, make that an affirmation every day. I love you. I love to end my yoga classes and I will just, I will say to you what I say to my students and we're after our shavasana, our pose of surrender. We lay on a side and then this is how it goes. I love you. I love you. I am grateful for you. I am grateful for you. I accept you just the way you are. I accept you just the way you are. I approve of you. I approve of you. I love you. And then we hug our knees in, inhale it, and then we come up to a seated position with our hands in a prayer namaste mudra. And then we honor the love and the light within ourselves, and we honor it it within the world. And then we bow to the divine within ourselves, namaste. And so today for your self care practice, because I love, like I am like a self-care, self-help, like that is my calling to to teach women that we can do our own work, that we don't have to wait for someone else to help us, that we can help ourselves and that we are freaking capable and we can do it from home, we can do it at the store, we can do it while we're parenting, we can do it while we're cooking dinner, we can help ourselves at any freaking given moment. And so I choose for our self-care practice to be that to affirm I love you I approve of you I'm grateful for you I accept you just the way you are in Louise Hay one of my great teachers I love her I miss her I didn't know her but in hearts she's very omnipresent here she wrote you can heal your life and she introduced me to affirmation work and this practice, which is very vulnerable and very healing, is mirror work. So you get in the mirror and you look for your eyes. Don't look for the body because the mind likes to tell us all the imperfections and flaws and blah, blah, blah. If you look straight for your eyes and then you do the work, you do the mirror work. I love you. I approve of you. I accept you just the way you are or whatever you're struggling with hard. Like if it is body image, body shame, body guilt, whatever it is, it is so helpful to flip the script of that and saying it in the opposite, in the positive present tense, right? So something, yeah, like if I'm struggling with anxiety a lot, I'm not going to say, I'm so grateful, Shelly, that I'm not anxious today. It would be more of like, I look at my eyes saying, Shelly, I'm so grateful for, the way that you have been coping and finding calm and peace and ease in your life. I'm so grateful for my breath. I'm so grateful for my healthy healing body that I have been practicing affirmations since Jack was a baby eight years ago. And it works, it works, it works, it works, it works. My inner talk was so negative and so toxic. Like, horrible every minute of every day. And I have been journaling, affirming. I turn affirmations into songs. I record them. I learned from Bob Proctor. I record my affirmations. I listen to them over and over and over. Or even I find YouTube videos, of course, commercial free because you don't want to fill your mind full of commercials and other people's thoughts. There's like beautiful affirmations for gratitude for healing for prosperity for money for shifting the way that you're thinking which changes the way you're feeling which changes the vibration of your life and your mind and changes your life so your self-care practice is to write your affirmations so you can start with I'm so grateful I love myself I'm so grateful my one of my favorite ones I write every day I always will is I'm so grateful to be alive today like foundational of like, I'm so grateful because gratitude, it starts in our heart. It's like this feeling of just like so much love and so much abundance and it starts in our heart. And it's something that we can give ourselves every day is we can give ourselves the gift of a grateful heart. And no matter what is going on in the outside world with our kids, our career, our life, our spouses, the world and all of it's crazy chaos and hate and the violence and the anger and we can slow it down we can pause put a hand on the heart and breathe in i am grateful to be alive today with an exhale and just allow that gratitude to fill up the space around you because gratitude is our birthright and it's something that we can't seek on the outside that we can find it here in this moment ah, so many things thank you for showing up with me today and thank you for allowing me to hold this space for myself and holding the space for you and for your healing journey and knowing that wherever you are on your journey that you are not alone that I am freaking right here with you I'm holding your hand I'm doing the work with you and I just I love this and please subscribe to Awaken You with Shelley Bond. And please leave me a five-star rating and a review. It means the universe to me and helps me share this on a broader platform. And know you can find my book, Awaken You by Shelley Bond on Amazon by just putting in the search bar, Awaken You, Shelley Bond. It's $15.55 available to you right now. You can follow me on Instagram, Awaken You, Shelly Bond, and also Facebook, Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y, Bond, B as in beautiful, O-N-D. I love you, my beautiful sisters, and I'm so grateful for you. And Remember your practice. You're starting your gratitude or affirmational practice, call it whatever you will, but starting by writing or starting by getting in front of the mirror and saying it. And no, it's a practice. It's not a perfect, and it's something that we have to do every day. We implement it into every day. It becomes a habit and habits are amazing because guess what? Habits become a part of who we are. I love you. I'm wrapping my arms around you. I will be back here with you next week. Hanging out. I love you.